Sealing God's People with your host, Dennis Beard. We've been talking about the sealing in Revelation 7, the apocalyptic sealing there that is essential for salvation to be able to stand in the time of God's judgments. All God's ways are perfect. All God's ways are judgment. Not to destroy mankind, but to reveal his name that we can come and have the knowledge of the Lord. And that knowledge of the Lord that we will grow up into him in all things unto perfection. We see the seal. And we've talked about, uh, referenced that in Zechariah 3. These are men wondered at, men of wonders, in the time of the sealing. And there will be a stone and seven eyes upon the stone, uh, which is the branch. That is the Son of Man revelation that Jesus is the head and we, individual members in the body of Christ, make up the body of Christ as one. Don't you know that all run in a race, but only one win the prize? When we talk about the book, the little book that John was to eat, that'll be sweet to his mouth as honey, bitter to his belly. He has to take it out of the angel's hand. And taking it out of the angel's hand, of course, is the Bibliorydian, the, the little book, which is the word of God. But it is to the point where we can eat all of it. Not partial truth of Pentecost, but to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ and to a perfect man, having the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ in full glory. And we have been 2,000 years or two days that we have been in the Pentecostal reign of the Holy Ghost, but now we're in the third day. It's a higher season. And he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, growing up into Jesus and all things and all truth. For the work of the ministry, that is for the edifying of the body of Christ and to the unity of the faith, where we're speaking one mind, one accord, and then there will be a great work, the work of the ministry, the gospel of the kingdom being preached into all the world, for a witness in all nations, and then the end will come. It's to the knowledge of the Son of God. The knowledge of the Son of God there is epigonosco, not just knowing Jesus after the Spirit, not after the flesh, but knowing him in full image, the full image of Jesus Christ in all truth. Not seen through a glass darkly that we have been in the Pentecostal age, but coming to the fullness of the measure of the statue of Jesus in all truth the knowledge of all things, which is the faith that was once delivered to the saints. Now, John has to take the book out of the angel's hand. We notice in Revelation 10 that the seven thunders uttered their voices. And John was about to write and see thou writest it not. Do not write it. Instead, we have to have each individual member in the body of Christ seek that word that perfect law of liberty that we, with open face, beholding as in a glass, the glory of the Lord are changed into the very same image, not partial truth, all truth, in all things. And faith is the substance of things so far, the evidence of things not seen, and it is all truth in all things, which is the revelation of Christ. 
not just laying the foundation of it, but also finishing it, which is the hands uh, there of Zerubbabel with a plummet in his hand. And uh, they will rejoice when they see the plummet in the hand of Zerubbabel, for he has laid the foundation of the temple, which temple we are, and his hands will surely finish it, bringing forth the capstone, the headstone, crying grace, grace unto it. Now we understand that that little book is the word of God that's been compressed to where we as the body of Christ in the season of tabernacles, not Pentecost, will be led and guided into all truth, the Lord giving us the understanding of the book. That's in the seventh month in Tishri, in that season now, which are things which will come to pass in the feast of the Lord, shadow things to come. We have been in Pentecost for over 2,000 years, over two days. But now we're in the third day, and in the third day, I'll raise you up and you'll live in my sight, God said. If we follow him to know the Lord, his going forth is prepared as the morning. He will come to us as the rain, the former and the latter rain. Not just the former rain and Pentecost, Acts the second chapter, but the latter rain of the Holy Ghost, the last great rain of his strength. Now, when we take a look at that book, we know that it's the word of God. It's the revelation of Jesus Christ. It's the words of the book of this prophecy. But it's not in the former rain. It is not just the foundation. It is the finishing of it, the completion of it, the fullness of it, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Jesus Christ, unto a perfect man, so that we all may be presented blameless at his coming, both spirit, soul, and body. There, John, in Revelation 10, even he was about to write what the seven thunders uttered in their voices, but he's going to get it from the little book. And there's a reason for that. Because it is an individual measure of faith which each individual member, in particular the body of Christ, must seek God for their own will, each individual's will of God. Then the Lord will fitly frame the body of Christ together and compact it into one. And compacting it is sealing it. When you compact the member and a member in every part, the measure in every part, and compacted together, as in Ephesians 4, it's the seal. The seal of the living God being upon the body of Christ in their forehead. It's the mind of Christ. Now, we're sealed after that we have received that word of truth. We're sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise until we receive the promised possession. But there's different levels of glory. The first one's newborn babes. They desire the sincere mark of the word. They may grow thereby. They're born of the water and the spirit. But they're unskillful in the word of righteousness. Paul tells us that in Hebrews 5. But then we go to little children. The little children, they their sins are forgiven for his name's sake. They're born of the water and the spirit. But they've grown higher in glory than newborn babes. The little children there have known that Jesus is the Father. 
1 John 2, 12-14. John specifically, letting us see the different levels of growth in the body of Christ. But we don't stop there. Just that we know that Jesus is the Father of glory. He is the express image of his singular person, the brightness of his glory. He is God manifest. We don't stop there. We know that he is the Father, but there's still more to come. Then he said, I write to you young men because the word of God is strong in you. Now that's very important. For the word of God to be strong, we must go to the word of God, the perfect law of liberty. And not only be a a hearer of the word, but a doer of the word. That we, we read the word of God, just as Paul told us, instructed us in Revelation 12, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, sanctification. Sanctify them through thy truth, thy word is truth. So the sealing will come through the word of God in a higher glory. Why? That we have to be transformed. Not conformed to this world, but you transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God for each individual member is Revelation 12.1. I'm sorry, Romans 12.1. In Revelation 10, John has to take that little book. Nobody's just going to give it to you. You're not going to stumble, uh, accidentally stumble into the highway of holiness, which no fool will err therein. But it is seeking diligently the Lord God Almighty, the Lord Jesus Christ. And by doing so, for the salvation of your soul. Growing up into him in all things, not being a forgetful hearer of the word, but a doer. Whatever the Lord said to do, we do, and it's not works of the law by which no man shall be saved, but it is the righteousness of God by faith through obedience unto righteousness, which will yield the peaceable fruits of holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. Well, this kingdom of God suffers violence. The violent take it by force. John is taking that, diligently seeking the Lord God, but he has to take it out of the angel's hand. The law and the prophets were unto John. Since that time, men pressed their way into it, and he that's least in the kingdom of God is greater than John the Baptist. God having provided some greater thing for us, that they without us shall not be made perfect, even though they died in faith, having never received the promise, there will be a generation counted for the seed that will come unto perfection, which will perfect the whole body of Christ all the way back. Knowing that, we find John takes the little book out of the angel's hand, and he's told it'll be sweet to your mouth as honey. Very important. Now, we'll note that. It'll be sweet to his mouth as honey, tasting the good word of God and the powers of the word will come. Not just to hear the word, but a doer. And blessed he that readeth and keepeth the sayings of the words of the book of this prophecy, which is the revelation of Jesus Christ, not in foundational truth, but in the full glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. So therefore, the revelation of Jesus Christ, the last book in your Bible, 
that God gave unto him to show unto his servants things. That's the things of faith, which must shortly come. And he sent and signified it by his angel unto John. John the Baptist forerun Jesus' first coming. John will forerun Jesus' second coming. For the heavens must receive Jesus to the times of the restitution of all things, Acts 3, 20, 21. As John eats this book, we're going to focus on that. That little book, it's sweet to his mouth as honey. That's a revelation. The sweetness of the word of God, for butter and honey shall everyone eat that's left in the land, that's a remnant of her seed, that keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus. That's the last day work of the ministry, which we're all called for. There, John eats that book, and it's sweet to his mouth as honey, but bitter to his belly. Now, as we take a look, that is the last day, fullness of the truth in the word of God that we, the body of Christ, have received. And by doing so, and after we've received this word, through that, in present truth, and the preceding word of God, we're sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. There, as we take a look, that when we see that white horse rider in Revelation 6, verse 1, we find it's the beast, the four living creatures in Revelation 4 and Revelation 5, which are the redeemed of the Lord and sing the song of the redeemed. They are not angels. The four and twenty seats having four and twenty elders, priesthood, and the four beasts before the throne of God, and they are the lion, man, calf, and eagle, which are the cherubim of glory, which are the two olive trees in Revelation 11, which is the two candlesticks, which is the church of the living God, not two men. They are in the spirit of Moses. They're in the spirit of Elijah, which it was not Moses doing those judgment miracles. It was Christ. We see that in 1 Peter 1, verse 10 and 11. And it wasn't Elijah doing those kingdom miracles in restoration. It was Christ in Elijah. So we see that stated by Peter in his, in his epistle, 1 Peter 1, verse 10 and 11, that the Old Testament prophets searched diligently into the grace that should come unto us, searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ that was in them. That's a capital N. Christ is that Spirit. He is the Father of glory. He is El Shaddai. He is Elohim. He is the Lord Jehovah. He is the Father of glory. He is the Holy Ghost. He is the Spirit of God. He is the Lord. The Lord is that Spirit. When it signified beforehand, it testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ. Now Christ will make himself the Spirit, a body of flesh and blood, to redeem us that are under the law. And after so doing, being tempted at all points like as we are yet without sin, will die in our stead as our propitiation, and in his death, burial, and resurrection, then be glorified, going back to his former glory, glorified by the Father's own self. Taking the ordinances of, the, ordinances of that law, nailing it to his cross, breaking down the middle wall of partition that parted God from man. God working salvation in and of himself alone in the days of his flesh, thereby making one new man. 
That man is Christ Jesus that was crucified. God has made him both Lord and Christ. He is that quickening spirit. That last Adam is made a quickening spirit. 1 Corinthians 15, 45, Acts 2, 36. Now, as we get into the podcast today, we're focusing on that little book. John ate it, ate all of it. Not partial, not partial truth, all, all truth. And you know all things, you know all truth, no lies of the truth. It's the revelation of Christ, not just uh, the foundation upon this upon this rock I'll build my church and the gates of hell shall not fail, uh, prevail against it, but it's going to finish it. A total consummation of the body of Christ unto perfection. And our, we know our Lord Jesus is a consuming fire and he's going to separate the wheat, the wheat from the chaff, the, those that gather versus those that scatter for or against And we're going to see there make a difference between those that serve God versus those that do not serve God, but are hypocrite. They say they are the synagogue of Satan, but they say they are Jews, but are not by the synagogue of Satan. Now with that said, we take a look at a flying role. Now we know the living creatures. Those living creatures are the four beasts before the throne of God. And they will be the ones that proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ to all the world for witness in all nations. As they go, they say, come and see. And there's a white horse rider. And a crown was given to him. That is a Stephanos, a victor's crown. And a bow, not an arrow, but a bow. That bow is a toxon, is a fabric ornamental bow that is given to the victor after he has won the battle an ornamental ornamental bow. That is what Jesus gives us, the body of Christ, those that are sealed in present truth to proclaim this everlasting gospel of all the world for a witness in all nations, and it starts on a white horse, which is not a man of Christ. It is in uh, that white, the righteousness of the saints in truth. But as the word goes forth, it's going to separate. The first thing that we see, even though that we've had uh, that crown of Stephanos, a victor's crown given to us, so the victory is ours, the body of Christ, the church of the living God, it is sure and steadfast, and uh, we're given that toxon, that bow, that ornamental bow, already given to the victor, even before we start the battle. Then it goes to a red horse and of a sword given to him and to take peace from the earth. Jesus stated that. You think that I come send peace on the earth, but rather a sword to set a man at variance, the father against the son, mother against her daughter, mother-in-law against her daughter-in-law, and those enemies of your house, your own, will be those of your own household. And men's foes will be those those of his own household. And we're going to see that they think they're serving God. Everyone believes that everyone is going to heaven in whatever church or denomination, or you just read your Bible at home and say, I believe in Jesus. And we believe, and it's taught that as long as you do that, everybody's going to heaven. But it's just not so. We have to have obedience under righteousness. 
unto holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. And Jesus, when they've said, few there be saved, Lord, he says, strive to enter in at the straight gate, that narrow gate. Straight is the gate and narrow is the way that lead to life, and few there be that find it. Now, that's a shocking truth. Wide is the gate and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be that go in thereat. Well, we're going to see that God, not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance, will do everything that he can for us to see the real Jesus, and he does that through judgments. For when judgments are in the earth, his judgment, men will learn righteousness the true Jesus, the real Jesus, the true Christ in eternal life. We find that John eats that book. He eats all of it. It's sweet to his mouth as honey. That's a revelation of the word of God. It's bitter to his belly. That's the suffering bitter herbs that go with it. But as we see there in Zechariah, we see a change of raiment given to Joshua, the son of Josedek and Zechariah three. God's given us a change of raiment. Now coming out of the old Pentecostal store at corn harvest of wheat and barley going into the last fruit harvest of oil and wine has to be a change of raiment. Call by the name of Jesus, Joshua, son of Josedek, Joshua, Jehovah's salvation, Jesus, and son of Josedek, righteousness. Those are the ones obedient unto righteousness, along with Zerubbabel, the ones that were born in Babel, son of Sheltiel. I have asked El, God, for a son, the man child, God of God, to his throne. These two will build the temple. But there's a change of raiment in Zechariah 3. Is this not a brand plucked out of the fire? There's your seal but it's coming out of the fire. The brand is what we're branded with in that good word of God. Our faith being tried as by fire, that it will come forth as pure gold. And we find that given to Joshua, there are these are men wondered at, a stone wherein there are seven eyes, which is called the branch. These are men wondered at along with his fellows. That's a church of the living God in a higher glory. Not Pentecost, but tabernacles. Not Pentecostals, but tabernacleist. A higher glory. Well, then we find there the two sons of all in Zechariah 4. And it's not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. They emptied out of themselves the golden oil which will be the angels to the seven churches that we see in Revelation 2 and Revelation 3. Now, assuming that you and I have received this truth, then we need to focus on that role. There's a role of a book. In Zechariah 5, and this is what we're talking about and focusing on today. Now, John has ate the little book. That's a bit of the Iridian, which is that word of God comprised to in such a state that we can eat all of it now in all truth. But as he does, in that, in that book is a role. It's a role in that little book. 
And in that row, we're going to see that it is a flying row. Why is it flying? Because it's going to go over the whole earth. From the north, south, east, and west, this gospel preached to all the world for a witness unto all nations. But it's going to be judgment. All God's ways are perfect. All God's ways are judgment. As we look at Zechariah 5, we find that the two witnesses are the church of the living God and the two olive trees, which are the two cherubim of glory, which is the church of the living God, overlaid with gold, which is the sealing of those in the cedar work. Now, if you haven't heard that podcast, be sure and check it out in the cedar work, uncovering the cedar work, because the most holy place is 20 cubits by 20 cubits, 20 cubits length, 20 cubits wide. And in the midst of that 20 by 20 cubits and the holiest of all in Solomon's temple, there was in that Ark of the Covenant called the Testimony and that testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy where we can understand the words of the book of this prophecy. It's not in Pentecost. It's within the veil in the season of tabernacles. Not in the former reign, but in the latter reign. It's very important. And we see in there, in that 20 cubit width, we see overshadowing, shadowing the mercy seat, which is the propitiation where the blood is put upon the Ark of the Covenant, making it a mercy seat. And that is where the blood of Jesus there applied seven times before that mercy seat, the cherubim in that mercy seat, looking toward the mercy seat, there of the mercy seat, in the mercy seat, looking toward the mercy seat, which is toward the blood of Jesus Christ. It's all in the cross. It's all in him and the work that he has done. The works what he has done, not any of ours that we can boast. But on either side, there are two olive trees overlaid with gold. Those two olive trees are the cherubim of glory, 10 cubits high, and each cherubim having a five cubit wingspan on each wing. 20 cubits wide being redemption, 20 cubits in length in the holiest of all. And they touch the walls of cedar. And we have a ceiling there. How do we have that ceiling? Because it is an engraving of an engraver in the cedar work, in the cedar walls, cherubim, palm trees, and open flowers. That's not Pentecost. It's not a Pentecostal season. It's the last day season, the last season of God in tabernacles, which includes three feasts, the Feast of Trumpets, the ministry voice of Jesus, the work of the ministry, then the Day of Atonement, and then the Feast of Tabernacles. In this Feast of Trumpets, the trumpet voice of Jesus, it is uh, that door that will be open to the body of Christ, John, revealing to us the servants of God, things which will come to pass hereafter for these days. 
It was the door open, and Heaven John said, A voice of a trumpet talking with me. Not a denominal church world, with a cornet, flute, harp, sackboat, psaltery, and dulcimer. In Daniel 3, verse 5, 10, and 15, but a trumpet voice, a clarion, true voice of God, cutting into the heart of the believer, standing at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice, open the door, I'll come in and with him and he with me. John did that. And now it's given to us. If we will apply it in obedience unto righteousness, that we will be used of God, vessels meet for the master's use, and the work of the ministry. Now, in that book, we're going to see in that little book, there's a role there. And that role of that book will be 10 cubits by 20 cubits. And it's a flying role. Now, let's see what that role is. We need to know that role. Because as soon as it gives us 1 Kings 6, 23, they're the cherubim, the work of uh, these two witnesses, which of the two candlesticks, which is the church, that there's an engraving in the cedar walls, the walls of salvation, cherubim, open flowers, and palm trees. Letting us know it's in the season of tabernacle. That's the ceiling. They're an engraving of an engraver, engraved in that wall. And as we do, it's overlaid with gold. But then there, that's 20 by 20 by uh, 20 cubits by 20 cubits in the holiest of all, the most holy place. But in within, in Solomon's temple, we're seeing that in that book, we're also going to see a flying robe. Now it's 20 cubits by 10 cubits as we read. After we have this revelation given to us from Zechariah, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. This will be in the hands of Zerubbabel, the ones that's building the word of God. And that's a king priesthood that you'll see in Matthew 1, 12. That's Zerubbabel, son of Sheltiel, on the legal dynasty side of David, which is the kingly side, along with the priestly side, of Zerubbabel listed again in Luke 3.27. There's a king priesthood. What we're all called for, and it's in Zerubbabel, which are those that were born in Babylon, but to come out under perfection. That's a king priesthood, which we're all called for. And this is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel, the church of living God, that will receive this revelation of the work of God in the last days, the work of the ministry. And that is uh, that not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. And when they take, they see the plummet in the hand of Zerubbabel, bringing forth the capstone, the headstone, the final chief cornerstone, crying grace, grace unto it. And that plummet is is the measure of the height and depth of Christ the height and depth of Christ, that we're to know that revelation of Christ and the height, depth, length, and width of Christ. And that's where God gives us all truth here in the last days in the testimony of Jesus, the spirit of prophecy, to understand the words of the book of this prophecy, which is the revelation of Jesus Christ, the last book in your Bible. Now, with that said, there's a flying robe. 
And behold, Zechariah, behold a flying roll. Zechariah, God has remembered. Bring his book of remembrance, those that spoke often one to another. And they will be my diadems in that day that I make up. The people of God, the ones that have been obedient unto righteousness, unto holiness. And at this time, we turn. We have to turn to see it. We can't stay in Pentecost. Notice when it says in Revelation 1, and John said, I turned to see the voice that spake with me. Voice as one, like the Son of Man, in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. We have to turn, that is, Go deeper in the word of God. We have to turn to see it. We have to look upward. And the first thing that Zechariah says, then I turned. After we see the revelation that there will be the two witnesses, which is the church of the living God. The two witnesses being in the spirit of Christ. Christ in you, the hope of glory. We're not Christ, but Christ is in us. In the in the spirit of Moses and spirit of Elijah, which will work the same works. And we'll go into those trumpet judgments in detail and how it correlates with Moses and Elijah, which are the two witnesses of the church of the living God in the last days. They are the John that will forerun Jesus' second coming, the second advent, when he comes a second time without sin and salvation or the salvation of his saints. And John after he eats this little book, the Bibliorydian, then it says to John, his mouth is sweet as honey, bitter to his belly. John, you must again prophesy, preach, proclamate, publish. Preach this word of God again to many nations, kindreds, tongues, and kings. It's not John being raised from the dead and going back and preaching again. It's the body of Christ and that spirit of Elijah and the spirit of Moses and that Christ in you, the hope of glory. God fulfilling his word. But we have to turn. Zechariah, God is remembered. And he says, then I turned. We have to turn. We have to go higher. We have to diligently seek the Lord our God. We all with open face beholding as, as in a glass, the glory of the Lord are changed. We have to be willing to change and make ourselves vessels meet for the master's use with receiving the new wine being put into new wine skins. Otherwise, if we hold the old store trying to put it in, we will perish and both will be destroyed on the ground. He said, I turned and I lifted up mine eyes. That's the rise of revelation. That's the aim. That's a fountain of truth and looked that's revelation and behold a flying roll we're talking in this podcast the flying roll now we know the holiest of all the most holy place the holy of holies is 20 by 20 we know the cherubim's wings are touching those walls of salvation that is in the engraving of an engraver having the engraved cherubim, engraved palm trees, and engraved open flowers. 
in the season of tabernacles, the last great season, the last great reign of God's strength in the latter reign. But there's a flying roll there. It's in Solomon's temple also. Sure it is. But it's in, as we see, the porch of judgment. And we see that in verse 2. And he said unto me, What seest thou? Now, he's, well, we've already seen that in Zechariah 4, when he's asked Zechariah, what do you see? I see these two olive branches, those two olive trees, those two olive branches. What are these? Said, Sir, thou knowest. This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. It's the word, sanctified by the word. Sanctify them through that truth, that word is true. We're sanctified by that word. And after we've received the word of God, then we're sealed. And that sealing is totally how we receive the word of God. How we conceive it and believe the word of God and have it applied in truth going through the fire. Not just saying a, 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 with a mental intellectual consent. Yeah, that's the word of God. I concur. That's the word of God. No, we're going through the fire. It's a brand plucked out of the fire. It's through these uh, manifold temptations uh, that you cannot enjoy. Though your faith be tried as by fire, that it can come forth as pure gold. Think it not strange the fiery trial which which is to try us, as though some strange thing happened to us, but rejoice inasmuch as we're partakers of Christ's sufferings and the glory of God resteth upon us. Now we're the ones that will receive that, not this prosperity gospel, but the real true gospel of Jesus Christ and the fire of the Holy Ghost, burning up that works of the flesh. Then he said, Jeremiah, Zechariah, what see you? What seest thou? He said, I see a flying roll. Now we're focusing on the fine flying roll. And it means that roll is going over all the earth. And the length thereof, it's very important we know the length. The length thereof is 20 cubits. And the breadth, not 20 cubits in the holiest of all, but the breadth is 10 cubits. Now, what is that? Well, as we see, going to the word of God, we look at uh, 1 Kings 6 and verse 3. In verse 2, it tells us, In the house which King Solomon built for the Lord, the temple, the length thereof, threescore cubits, the breadth thereof, 20 cubits, the height thereof, 30 cubits. All of this is the work of the ministry. We know threescore, that is the work of God Almighty. 20 is the number of redemption. 30 is the number of the blood, 30 cubits. There are 30 pieces of silver are numbered for the Lord, which is also the number of uh, years that the great, the high priest will take his office. And our great high priest took his office at about the age of 30. 30 being the number of the priesthood of the man child called to God into his throne, which we're all called for. So that temple has the measurements of the man-child caught up to God and to his throne in the last days, these days, not in Pentecost, but in the season of tabernacle, the seventh month. 
and what's in the seventh month, the 21st day of the seventh month in Haggai 2 is when there's a shaking going on among the nations and not the least grain will fall on the ground. Then he said, but when I shake these nations, the desire of all nations shall come. What's coming? Not the second advent because he said, all the silver and gold is mine and I'll make the glory of the latter house, that's the latter rain, greater than that of the former. There we have the latter rain of the Holy Ghost, which will be a time, time and a half, three and a half years, 42 months, a time of 1,203 score days of the Jesus ministry, fulfilling Jesus' week. Jesus was cut off in the midst of the week, but not for himself, and his ministry was three and a half years. There's another three and a half years, 42 months, that we see in Revelation 10, Revelation 11, Revelation 12 of the Jesus ministry in and through the body of Christ. Now, with that said, we're seeing a flying roll here. And the flying roll is not just for us to say, well, there's, it's 10 cubits by 20. It's letting us see what it is that we'll know and discern it, understand it. And he said that we know this Solomon's temple, but in verse three, it lets us see the flying roll. And it says in the porch, Solomon's porch, a porch of judgment, the porch between the temple of the house, 20 cubits was the length and thereof according to the breadth of the house and 10 cubits was the breadth thereof before the house. That's Solomon's porch of judgment. There we'll see, and for the house was made windows of narrow lights. The windows there, of course, being the windows of the soul, of the light of the glorious gospel coming in, and against the walls of the house, the built chambers round about, against the walls of the house round about, both of the temple and of the oracle, and he made chambers round about. Those are the priest's chambers. Now, the priest's chambers in there is what we have to make for us in the last days. Hide my people a little while and enter into thy chambers. The priest's chambers, the ones that have made and believe God in obedience unto righteousness and have called, chosen, and faithful and built those chambers through the word of God in faith. Enter into thy chambers. Hide thyself a little while until the indignation be overpassed. The indignation. The rod which said, O Assyrian, the northern army. O Assyrian, Isaiah 10.5. O Assyrian, the rod of mine anger, God said. The staff in their hand is my indignation. The Assyrian, for out on the north a great evil shall befall all the inhabitants of the land. And that's not a pre-trib rapture where you're out of here. And there, that's the second vision Jeremiah sees uh, as a prophet to the nation. I see a seething pot, a boiling pot, and the face thereof is toward the north. Anytime you see face in the word of God, it's glory. God has shown forth his glory in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earth and vessels 
that the excellency of the power might be of God, not of herself. We are with open face. That's the glory that we enter into, not ours, but his. We are with open face, beholding us in the glass, a perfect law of liberty, the glory of the Lord, not partial truth, are changed into the same image. So now we understand that's Solomon's porch. That's a porch of judgment. That's God's judgment going over the earth. Not given to the saints of God yet on the day of atonement, not the, the day of the Lord. Before then, in the time, times they have three and a half years, that we see in Revelation 11, that I give power unto my two servants for 42 months. And they will go forth in the power and strength of Christ in the latter reign of the Holy Ghost. So now we know it's Solomon's porch and we're building our priest chambers there, which will be to the salvation of our soul. Not of anything that we've done, but simply through obedience unto righteousness, unto holiness. Well, what happens? We know it's Solomon's porch, it's judgment, it's going forth. 10 cubits, breadth, 20 cubits wide, uh, the length, and here it goes forth, a flying rope taking all the earth. And it says, it was a flying roll, and he said unto me, this is the curse. Woo. Now, where did the curse come from? Well, Malachi 4. The fathers are the full cherubim of glory. This comes to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. They are the two olive trees, which are the cherubim, which are the living creatures in Revelation 4 and Revelation 5. Those that will receive the word will go into that glory. But you can't go on, on into that glory as a little child or a newborn baby. They're not full grown and they're unskillful in the word of righteousness. And that word of righteousness is the revelation in the fullness of the measure of the statue of Jesus. They can't handle it. The new wine will fail. We have to have the word of God and the proceeding word of God by which we live and make ourselves new wineskins in order to contain that. Then we'll both will be preserved. We're preserved as uh, vessels of honor meet for the master's use because we've received the word of God through obedience unto righteousness. Romans 6. Now, with that said, immediately when the word of God, we receive that, the sealing, we go forth for preaching the gospel. It goes from the white, red, the black, and the pale horse rider. As the word goes out, in that truth, that white horse rider was given to us a Stephanos, a victor's crown with a bow, a toxon, which is an ornamental bow, an ornamental fabric bow given to the victor for his victory is given to us before we even start the battle. Then it goes to a red horse. Why? Because it's taking peace from the earth. Why? The word of God is to set a man at variance. You think I come to send peace on earth, but rather a sword. There's a sword. Those that will gather to the word of God for the word, they will stand. But then there'll be ones that say, no, it's not God. It is not he. The Lord will not do such a thing. It will not be a working judgment. And because of that, they'll say, we shall see no tribulation. We will see no trouble. We're going to be pre-tribulation raptured out of this thing. And because of that, 
then they will turn against the word of God, saying that by peace, saying it's peace. And Jesus said, I didn't come to send peace, but rather a sword. And that red horse rider is a sword. And who's proclaiming it? The cherubim, the people of God in a higher glory than Pentecost. The tabernacleists are proclaiming it. And the ones that do will be hated of all the world for his name's sake. It will seem like it's too hard a word. It's, it's too profound. It's judgment. Well, all God's ways are perfect. All God's ways are judgment, but they can't receive that. This work is judgment to the line, righteousness to the plummet, which requires obedience, but it has surprised the hypocrite. He went to church all day long and all their life and never understood the work of the ministry, the work of God. His strange work bringing past his act, his strange act. They just didn't understand it. They just didn't get it. Why? Because uh, they didn't have a trumpet. They had a cornet, flute, harp, sackbolt, sultry, dulcimer. The snakes could sit right in there with the true people of God and be charmed together. But the trumpet voice to separate was not there. That clarion tone of that, that incising the heart, that, that clear clarion trumpet call of God for reproof, rebuke, and correction wasn't there. And because of that, they didn't know the truth. Well, come you out of her, be you separate. And that's the reason why that you have to take the little book out of the angel's hand. It's not coming in a general voice of the thunders. You've got to get in the word of God yourself. That's the only way you can prove what is the perfect good will of God for you is and only you. You have to get in the book, in the word of God. There's no other way. So you work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it's God that worketh in you, both the will and the do of his good pleasure, the will of God for your life. And not all are called as apostles, not all are called as prophets or teachers or workers of miracles, government's helps, whatever the case is. But we have to, according to God, as dealt to every man, the measure of faith, we must know that metron of faith, that measure of faith, that there's different ministrations, different ministries, even though one spirit and by finding the will of God in obedience and doing it, that God will compact it together, seal it. No devil can get in. No devil can overthrow it. None can. No seducing spirit or doctrine or devil will be able to overthrow it. It is the rock. It's the revelation of Christ that the gates of hell cannot prevail against. In this flying roll is going to separate the righteous from the wicked, the holy from the profane. He's already given the word to those sons of all in Zechariah 4. It's going forth. These are the two anointed witnesses of God, the two anointed ones, the sons of all, not a beaten olive oil as, when, as in Pentecost, but gold and oil proceeding from the throne of God down. And they empty out of themselves the golden oil into a big bowl that has seven pipes that goes direct to the church. 
These are the angels to the seven churches, which are the cherubim, which is the body of Christ in the ministry that receives the word of God. They are tabernacles. They're not Pentecostals. They are the cherubim. They are the ones that's received a higher level of glory. Those are the ones that have the testimony of Jesus. The faith that was once delivered to the saints, they have acquired it. They've obtained it through faith, through obedience unto righteousness. And it's going forth. As it goes forth, it's accursed. Just as Malachi 4 states that remember my servant Moses, behold, I send you Elijah. There are the two that worked. One, Moses worked judgment miracles, destroying all the gods of Egypt. But the body of Christ, Christ through the body of Christ, will famish all the gods of this earth. God said he wouldn't, Zephaniah 2. He'll uncover the cedar work. The ones that's overlaid it, they built walls of cedar, what they thought was the truth, all right. But they painted it with vermilion, their own work. But God, the ones that are true, that have uh, in obedience unto righteousness, he's overlaid it with gold. But the work of their own hands, they painted it with vermilion. And God's going to uncover that cedar work. It hadn't been through the fire. It's untempered mortar. They daubed the wall of salvation with untempered mortar. Hadn't been through the fire. So it will not stand. When this goes forth, the fathers, the ones that are full grown, and somebody said, well, what's the fathers? Though you have many instructors in Christ and many teachers, yet you have not many fathers. Now, what is the fathers? What the fathers there are small L. There's only one Father, God Almighty. He is the Lord Jehovah Jesus. There's not another. There's none beside him. I know not any, Jesus said. He's the only true God in eternal life. But these fathers, small l, are the ones that's grown up into Jesus in all truth. And how do we know what that is? Because John tells us in his epistle. Now, why are we looking at John? Because John is the, the forerunner of uh, Jesus' second coming. We see that in Revelation 10. John, you are the ones that's going to again prophesy before many nations, kindreds, tongues, and kings, and it's only appropriate that we look at John and his epistle to give us the understanding of that from the newborn babes, the little children, to young men, the fathers. And he said, I'll write unto you fathers, 1 John uh, 2, verse 12 through 14. I'll write unto you fathers, because you've known him that's from the beginning. I write unto you fathers, and I have written unto you fathers. See, it's progressive. First thing, he says it twice. I write unto you fathers, because you've known him that's from the beginning. Well, that's the word of God. Then it begins the word, word with God, the word was God, the same was in the beginning with God, all things were made by him. And without him was anything made that was made. That's the word. But the word's progressive. And as we've received the word of God, we grow up in him in all things. And, and that, so we're not tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. Through the word of God, eating the flesh and drinking the blood of Jesus Christ. And that is not only a hearer of the word, but a doer of the word. And by doing it, he gives us more. 
They're the call chosen and the faithful in that calling. Well, they are the fathers. And he says, I write unto you fathers because you have known him. That's from the beginning. That's the word of God. It's Christ. Then he said, I have written unto you fathers. Past tense. Because you have known him that's from the beginning. What is that? Well, that's before and after. Eyes before and behind the cherubim. Eyes before, they know what's coming. And they know the cycles of God. And that which has been, will be, and that which is to come, hath already been. God cycles. The truth is the truth. Not facts, it's truth. And that is what's being revealed here. And the fathers, notice he says, the ones that will receive it, very important, in Malachi 4, that is, the judgment miracles of Moses, understanding the work of the ministry in Revelation 11, read like unto a rod given to me, saying, Rise from the temple of God, the altar, and them that worship therein, but the court which, which is without, leave out and measure it not. And the holy city shall be trodden underfoot forty and two months time, times they have three and a half years. Why? Because the rod of God is not upon the head of the wicked. I give power unto my two, my two witnesses, my two servants. These are the ones that had the sealing of God in their forehead. And the ones that do will be the ones that are the fathers that have come unto the fullness of glory of Jesus, being changed into the same image from glory to glory, all truth. And those are in that, that judgment miracles of Moses that they're doing the same thing that Moses did through the Christ that was in Moses or Christ that will be in them. That's in them doing these works there in judgment, famishing all the gods of the earth before the day of the Lord, before the Lord comes back the second time, descending from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, the trump of God and the dead in Christ rising uh, first and we which are alive being caught together, meet him in the air. These are the ones uh, that have received the word of God and that God has given power to because of the word through obedience. And they're, they're working in the judgment miracles of Moses. Then they're doing the kingdom miracles or restoration, restitution miracles of Elijah. And we see that in Revelation 11. And also the redemption miracles of Jesus, that he is the, he is the resurrection of the life. Heal the sick, cleanse the leper, raise the dead, cast out devils, opening blind eyes, loose the dumb tongue, laying off, captive, golden free. Blessed he whosoever is not offended to me. Now, they're working all of these together. Never been done before. It's a new thing. It's a new wine, a new wineskin. God's preparing right now those that have an ear to hear. The ones that do not. Now, watch it here. They will be a flying roll. The ones that turn, they, there will be children. The children... They have their sins forgiven for his name's sake, 1 John 2, 12 through 14. And they know that Jesus is the Father, but they don't know the work of God. They don't know the work of the ministry. But the fathers do. So the fathers will turn the hearts of the children to the fathers and the fathers to the children. Why? Well, we have 
what will be done for we have a little sister. She's not full grown yet. Is God going to let her be lost? No, he's prepared fathers. These are angels to the seven churches. These are the messengers to the seven churches that are going to forerun Jesus's second coming. Said, make you straight the path of the Lord and give them this true word of God in proceeding word in truth that they will live thereby. And as they do, they receive it and they'll go up into Jesus as the fathers in all things and all truth. And with that little sister, she's not, her breasts are not there. She can't feed and nurture a little child. What's going to be done for her? Does God just say, let her, she's not full grown, so we just let her die out there? No. It tells us in the coalith, in the preacher, in the, in, in the words of Solomon, he said, if she be this little sister, what would be done for her when she's asked for? What would be done? Five, five wise, five foolish virgins. She's asked, oh, what, what would be done for her? Well, if she be, if she be a door, we will enclose her with cedar. There's your cedar work, the engraving of the cherubim the engraving of the palm tree, the engraving of the open flower, the ceiling there overlaid with gold in the holiest of all, the most holy place, the holy of holies. If she be a wall, she's got that salvation, but she hadn't brought and built up the final thing, bringing forth the capstone, the headstone. She doesn't know the work of the ministry. She'll be a wall. We'll have built upon her a palace of silver. Silver's of redemption. A palace, full grown. She'd be, she be a door. We'll enclose her with cedar. Cedar, the cedar word. In other words, turn the hearts of fathers to the children, children of the fathers. The ones that's come to the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ, reaching out to the ones that have not had the opportunity, but will go up into him in all things. And that is the voice of the Lord to the seven angels, to the seven churches and those of the cherubim, bringing that true word of God to the churches. And those that hear will live. But what if they don't? Lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. Here's the curse that goes forth. The cherubim bring the word. There it is in Zechariah. Three are pulled out of a brand, plucked out of a fire. Zechariah 4, there's the two sons of old. Revelation 11, there's the two anointed ones, the two servants of God going forth in the spirit of Christ. Uh, uh, there, Christ in them, the hope of glory. And Jesus, redemption miracles, he's resurrection life. Moses, judgment miracles there, famishing gods of the earth. And the restitution restoration, miracles of kingdom, miracles of Elijah. They receive it, that's fine. But now we go to Zechariah 5, what follows? If you don't receive it, there's a curse going forth. That's a flying roll. It is the length and the breadth of Solomon's porch of judgment. And he says, what follows? This is a curse. If you receive the word of God, wonderful. You're sealed. With that Holy Spirit of promise, you're sealed, having the seal of the living God in your foreheads, servants of God under righteousness, under holiness. But this is the curse that goes forth over the face of the whole earth. What's the face? The face of the glory. 
For everyone that stealeth shall be cut off, as on this side, according to it. Those are the ones that steal. Somebody said, well, they didn't steal anything. Well, they stole the word of God. Stole the word of God out of your heart. There's a spiritual side of this too. Not just a natural side of, of taking a man's possession. And everyone that sweareth shall be cut off as on that side, according to it. Swearing falsely. Swear not at all, neither by heaven, neither by earth. Because you can't add one statue, adds to your statue, or anything that can happen. Don't swear at all. Whatsoever cometh more, let your yea be yea, and your nay be nay. Whatsoever cometh more than this is sin. So he's saying there's this going to be two sides to this role going forth on both sides. And you have to have the truth. If not, you're a robber. You're a thief and a robber. You come up any other way, you're a thief and a robber. You cannot make it. Or you swear falsely. You're swearing which you have no control over. The word of God is forever steadfast, forever settled in heaven. And he says, God said, I will bring it forth, saith the Lord of hosts. And it shall enter into the house of the thief, the, those that have stolen of the word of God. You have, you have sheared God's sheep, his, his, his uh, people, and you have not fed them the truth. You, have, you don't have them in the proceeding word of God in the present truth. You're hired harlings. And uh, these, the thief, it shall enter into the house of the thief, into the heart, in other words, of the thief and into the house of him that sweareth falsely by my name, saying, this is God, and there's a pre-trib rapture, or this is God, and this is not going to be uh, anything that we're going to have of tribul or tri tribulation or persecution. That's what Babylon says. Mr. Babylon the Great says, I set a queen. I am no widow. I'm married to Jesus. I will see no sorrow. I will see no birth pains. We're telling you there's, there's birth pains coming in the fire, and it's going to be a brand plucked out of a fire that's only going to be used of God. And somebody says, that's a hard word. No, you just can't have the flesh and glory in it. You're going to have to crucify the flesh with the affections of the lust and walk in the present truth of the word of God. Or you're swearing falsely by his name. And Jesus said, many will come and deceive many in my name, saying this is the word of God. And it said, this curse shall remain in the house and shall consume it with the timber thereof and the stones thereof. Everything that you thought you had in truth will be lost. With God, it's all or nothing. Take heed how you hear. With the same measure you meet with all shall be measured to you again. To him that hath, you've got the truth. You obey it. He'd be given the more. Him that hath not, you say, no, that's not the truth. And you throw the truth out. It'll be taken from him, even that which he has. You'll lose it all. That's what's happening here. They lose everything, the timber thereof, and the stones. Then the angel that talked with Zechariah went forth and said unto me, Lift up thine, now thine eyes and see what is this that goes forth. That, that curse and the flying roll, we look up at the what is it? Well, it's the delusion that God will send to those because they had uh, no pleasure 
in righteousness, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. For this reason, God will send them strong delusion with signs, miracles, and lying wonders. We have to be very, very diligent. We have to know the Lord our God and walk in present truth. It's going out there. Very few are listening, but God will have a remnant of her seed that keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus. Zechariah said, what is it? And he said, this is an ephah that goeth forth, not an omer, not the true manna. This is excess. And omer is a tenth part of an ephah. But they said, ephah, you have it all. It's free. It's easy. It's nothing. It's easy believism. It's prosperity. It's an ephah. He said, moreover, this is their resemblance through all the earth. This is what it is in every nation you go to. Prosperity gospel, nothing of the fire. The Holy Ghost burning up the works of the flesh, walking in present truth. And behold, there was lifted up a talent of lead. A talent, not of glory of God, not of gold or silver. This is lead total work of man's hands. And this is a woman that sitteth in the midst of the ephah, the false church. And he said, this is wickedness. It's iniquity. Wickedness. Not obeying the truth and the proceeding word of God. Somebody said, well, we did have truth. Yes, you had stones and timbers, but did you... Go on and follow the truth in the proceeding word of God in present truth. Being led of the Holy Ghost, finding the will of God for your individual life and doing it. That's the reason the seven thunders uttered their voices and he wouldn't let him write. John was about to write. He said, no, it's not coming this way. You've got to take the little book out of the angel's hand and eat you all of it. You've got to get into the word of God, the word of God being strong in you and overcoming the wicked one. You've got to be an overcomer. You got to find the will of God for your individual life and do it. And you can't do that by just hearing a preacher and the voices of those, uh, uh, the seven thunders under their voices. You've got to get in the word of God. I have to, we all do. And by doing that, the Lord singles us individually and shows each one of us according to the measure of faith he's given, not for general faith, but the individual, that measure of faith given to each individual member to enable us to do whatever our individual calling is. And it will be literally compacted and fitly framed and compacted together, sealed together in the servants of God in their forehead. That's the reason why we have to eat that little book. And when we do, it is John. It's that John that is going to preach it. Prophesy again before many nations, kindreds, tongues, and kings. That's the body of Christ. In the spirit, Christ in you, in the spirit of Elijah, in the spirit of Moses, and that is the redemption miracles of Jesus. This is the curse that if we don't receive it, it's going forth. And we will, the ones that do not receive the word of God, will be deceived. Without that seal of the living God, they will be deceived. This is wickedness. 
Notice he he cast it into the midst of the ephah, the midst of that ephah. Not a not an omer, a tenth part of it. Not God's portion, but the fullness, everything. It's excess. Prosperity. God with no cross. Ephah. A talent of lead. A work of man's hands. Oh, it's weighty. It's just not the truth. There's no gold, no silver, no glory in it. And he cast the weight of the lead upon the mouth. The pay, the mouth of it, the mouth of the dragon, the mouth of the beast, the mouth of the false prophet. This is a mouth that speaketh of false things, a mouth that speaketh blasphemies. Zachariah said, then I lifted up mine eyes and looked and behold, there came out two women and the wind was in their wings. The wind of doctrines of false doctrine. It's a seducing spirit. Women, there's only one church of the living God. But these two, it's false witnesses. For they had wings like the wings of a stork. And they lifted up the ephah between the earth and the heaven. Now in Jeremiah, in the 7th and 8th chapter of Jeremiah, the stork knows her times. The stork, the crane, and the swallow observe the time of their coming. There it is. There's a stork. But my people know not the judgment of the Lord. They do not understand this. They don't understand the judgment of God. This is a judgment that follows. If you're in the word of God and you're sealed with that Holy Spirit, with that Holy Spirit of promise, and you have that sealing in God in your forehead, the mind of Christ, and you're in that present truth, not Pentecost, but tabernacles, in that work of the ministry, then you're bringing that word of God, standing in the truth along with the body of Christ, not jostling one against another, but straightforward. But if not, then the strong delusion is taking here. And that is the stork, the time of the stork. The time that the people do not know the judgment of God now do not know that judgment is laid to the line and righteousness, righteousness to the plummet, that the house of God, the temple of God, the church of living God is being measured. And that measure is uh, our measure, the word of God, which is Christ. And we're either going to measure up or we're going to fail. What do they do? They lifted up the ephah. It's the wings of a stork. The stork is, they do not know the judgment of God. The stork, the crane, the swallow, know the time of their coming. The devil knows it. He's going to have a little run, but then he's going to be defeated and destroyed and burned. Those that follow him will go and wind up there in a place that was never prepared for them. For devil, uh, the hell was prepared for the devil and his angels, not for the body of Christ. There, they, the stork had the wings. We're not mounted up with wings as eagles, but as a stork. False doctrine. Sounded good. It's easy. It's an ephah. Have excess, nothing, no cross, no sufferings. But it's a lie. What do they do? The swings of a stork lifted up the ephah. It's lifted up. God allows it to be lifted up. 
between the earth and the heaven. Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw them in. They're lifting up this ephah, this excess, this talent of lead in the mouth of the ephah. Then said I to the angel that talked with me, whither did these bear the ephah? Where's it going? Where's this false Christ going? This false word of God, where's it going? And he said unto me, to build it a house, a false house. This is a house that's going to be built upon the sand. And when that time comes uh, of the judgment and it beats against that house, it's going to fall and great will be the fall of it. But those that are likened to a wise man who dig deep, don't this shallow word, dig deep and found in a rock, the true work of Christ, not just the foundation, but the final rock, the, that headstone, capstone being brought to it, crying grace, grace unto it. Not only laying the foundation of it, don't just lay the foundation and walk off, saying I'm safe, sanctified, and that's it. No, bring forth the capstone, finish your house. His hands has laid the foundation, the church of the living God, and his hands will finish it. He said this is to build it a house in the land of Shinar, Babylon. And it shall be established and set there upon her own base. Not the word of God, not the foundation of Jesus Christ, but upon her own base. Strong delusion that God allows it to be lifted up. Now, there's much, much more to it. Tune into the podcast. If this has more witness with your spirit and the word of God, the Holy Ghost bears witness with your spirit, then contact us. We'd like to work with you in the ministry of God bringing the body of Christ into one right now. Know them that labor among you. We'd like to know you. would like to meet you. If you, we've had some that said, will you please bring this to the church? Will you bring this to, if you'd like to have us there come, please let us know. We're not a church. We're a ministry. We're a traveling ministry. And that is uh, uh, the DVM team, Dennis Beard Ministries. We have a team of ministers that will come to you. Uh, we're fit travel set up for the road and uh, they are flying uh, there to the various nations now uh, with the pandemic it has slowed things down truly but we're there for you we're servants to you for you and uh, to lift up the Lord Jesus Christ you can call us call me I'll leave a message please on the phone I'll get back to you uh, many are calling and we thank God for the ones that are coming into this truth uh, the ones that, well, there'll be some that'll say the old store's better. We're going to stay in Pentecost and that's it. Well, we'll pray for you. Thank God for you. But the ones that want to go on higher, lift up your eyes. See this great truth. Be sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise in the proceeding word of God. Then call me. Our country code is one plus nine zero three. 746-4885. Numbers on your screen. Or you can write to me, Dennis Baird, Post Office, Box 2906, Longview, Texas, zip code 75606. You can visit our websites. Drop us a message there. Sailinggodspeople.org, sailinggodspeople.com, or dennisbeard.org. We want to thank you for your prayerful support and your generous offerings. Whereby we can keep the podcast coming to you over the sites. Until the next time, this is Brother Dennis Beard saying, Behold, the real Jesus.